0: I'm Steve Pride. Welcome to the annual Pride on Screen edition of This Way Out. Sit back, relax, and butter your popcorn while we examine the best LGBT images on screens, both big and small, for the year 2014. I guess you'd figure that after four years living in the city, I would have been to a gay bar, but...
1: Oh, you straight? No, not straight, just not gay, you know? I don't really know the scene.
2: Jesus, why are we even wasting time with all this? Mark, They will call us back! It has nothing to do with the fact that we're poofs. And a dyke. They will call us back. End of meeting. What are your terms
3: for release? Well, I want them to deliver my wife here from King's County Hospital.
4: Uh, his name is Ernest Aaron. It's a guy. I'm gay. You guys new in the neighborhood? Are you kidding? There was a famous
0: sip-in right here in this bar to challenge the New York state regulation that I prohibited that bars from serving homosexuals.
4: Yeah, we have a clipping from the New
3: York Times here, something. 1966. It was so Me and
0: four other guys we came in here accompanied by five reporters when we were denied service, we denounced the state liquor authority. Oh my god. So what were the best LGBT stories on screens this year in a world where our choice of screens can range from a cell phone To IMAX 3D, let's start online. In 2014, the quality and quantity of episodic, independently produced web series exploded. Living in L.A., almost every friend has an Indiegogo campaign for their online opus. My favorite, now in its third season, is Old Dogs and New Tricks, about four West Hollywood gay men nervously approaching... Middle age.
3: Muscles is, as we speak, flying to Ohio. Ross is still in seclusion. And Brad and I
0: are still not talking. For those who haven't seen Old Dogs and New Tricks, who are these men and how do we get to season three?
3: How do I recap two
0: seasons in 30 seconds?
3: Writer and star Leon Eckord. Four old guys, 40-ish to 50-ish. My character Nathan fell for a 25-year-old guy who broke his heart. The character Ross, played by David Pevsner, is a struggling actor who was a big star in the 90s on TV and made the mistake of suing Aaron Spelling and has been washed up ever since. Muscles, played by Jeffrey Patrick Olson, is a personal trainer who looks like a Mm. porn star but acts like a uh, 16-year-old Jewish-American princess. He's not putting out. He actually just broke up with his boyfriend when we last saw him. And Mm -hmm. the fourth character, Brad, played by Kurt Bonham, is a uh, 80s one-hit wonder who is known for um, his endowments, shall we say, and has made a life exploring that.
0: But there's no denying the continuing impact of studio products like Orange is the New Black on Netflix or the Amazon series Transparent.
4: I'm sorry, I... I'm sorry, Dad. I'm sorry. I'm just trying... Can you
1: just help me out here? Are you saying that you're going to start dressing up like a lady all the time?
0: (laughs) Honey, all my life, my whole life, I've been dressing up like a man. This is me. On television, the biggest news of 2014 was that after nearly 30 years, Larry Kramer's The Normal Heart found its way to film via HBO.
3: You can't go on national TV and accuse the government of murder, Ned. Why not? Because one day we're gonna get money, research, grants. Congress still hasn't appropriated a dime. The mess still on and on. Ned, when you go public, you have no right to speak for this organization unless we have approved what you have to say in advance. You know, in point of fact, you aren't even an officer of this organization and you shouldn't be
2: speaking for us at all.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that with me, dick. Meanwhile, the ABC series How to Get Away with Murder put gay sex acts on screen, and the gay sexual innuendo on Scandal, also on ABC, was anything but subtle.
4: It's not that complicated, Cyrus. Either go home, alone, and try your own hand at quenching that thirst, or go upstairs, me, and replace that dry lump in your throat with something much more satisfying.
0: But it was a show on basic cable that consistently delivered the best message of inclusion. An ABC Family Network domestic drama about a different family with two moms and five kids that wasn't so different. It's called The Fosters. Mr. Stevens, do you think it's appropriate to spank a
2: 13-year-old boy? I think it's none of your damn business. And quite frankly, this is all your fault. My fault? Yeah, you were the chaperone on a seventh-grade camping trip and allowed our sons to spend the night in a tent together without my permission. Why is that a problem? Because her son is gay, which I have no problem with. Clearly you do. Really? Would you allow a boy and a and girl to share way, a tent together? Son no, has you not wouldn't. his sexuality in any way.
0: Actor Peter Page, beloved for playing the flamboyant Emmett Honeycutt on Queer as Folk, with his friend Bradley Bredewig, is both co-creator and co-executive producer.
3: So we sort of talked about, well, what would our family drama be? And we're both gay men and we, you know, so we thought we would probably want to do something, you know, in an alternative family. We talked about doing two dads, maybe I would act in it, but that really was being handled quite well on other shows Mm -hmm. at the time. And then we sort of went, wow, there has not been a show that had sort of two moms at the center of it. And that just seems crazy. Because I don't know any lesbian couples that don't have kids or aren't trying. Like, I don't know one. So then it seemed like two moms, that was really exciting. And then the question becomes, how did these two moms create this family? We decided to cram it all into one show, biological, <laughs> adopted, and foster.
2: When did you know you were gay? <sighs> what, do you, what do you mean? There's this this girl at school, Maddie, and Connor wanted to go out with her. And I got all kind of jealous, I guess. Okay, that happens. But I don't think I'm jealous about Maddie. Oh, honey. That's... That's totally normal. What? Not normal. That's not what I mean. You know, let's let's not use the word normal at all. Uh, Honey, everybody gets jealous when their friend gets a boyfriend or girlfriend. Everybody. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gay, or that you're not. And if you are, or you're not, it really doesn't matter to us either way. We love you no matter what, because you're you. I know.
0: So what's the big picture on the big screen? The best examples of LGBT film at a theater near you in 2014. Everyone's list is different, but for me, it begins with number... Ten. Tom at the Farm. I'm Xavier Dolan.
3: I'm a Québécois-Canadian filmmaker and actor and producer.
0: It's in French, so we'll forego a clip. But it's about a grieving man meeting his lover's family who were not aware of the son's sexual orientation. Well, maybe his tormenting, straightish, hot older brother was aware. But what happens on the farm stays on the farm.
2: It's a hostage movie, you know, it's a Stockholm Syndrome movie about transfer and substitution, people replacing the dead with the living in order to grieve mutually. There's a guilt thing in this where Tom allows someone who reminds him of his boyfriend to punish him.
0: Nine. Getting Go. I'm Corey Krikerberg. I'm the director
1: of The Goduck Project. The film is about a young guy in New York City who's graduating from college, trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life, and he becomes obsessed with a nightlife personality that he sort of spies on online. And the film is about him trying to get to know the guy through the idea of making a documentary about him.
3: So uh, what's this project about? Uh,
1: Well, it's still in its infancy right now. I'm kind of just sussing out the direction that I want to take it. I thought he said it was about go-go dancing. Yeah, potentially. I don't know if you want your image attached to, to something, your long-lost family out in the Midwest knowing what you do California. Here. Okay, California. I don't know if you want them knowing what you do here to get by. So if you can't, then... It's, it's
0: okay. Count me in. Um, wow. Confession. Getting Go did not have a theatrical release but after countless film festivals, it was released on DVD and VOD this year. Pete. Lyle. Lyle, come here, Lyle,
2: honey. It's not something you'll find in many of the Victorians. There's one there in the master bedroom, too, and this one is your classic marble.
1: This is the two-bedroom? Yep. Like I said, you guys are lucky, new to town, and lucky.
2: So how did you even find out about this place? Hey, Lyle. Lyle, come over here with mommy, OK? Oh, hey, little sweetheart.
3: I'm Stuart
1: Thorndyke, and I directed Lyle. So Lyle is about a couple who moves into their dream home and tragedy strikes when their baby dies. It's really just the lead character, Leah, Gabby Hoffman plays Leah, her dealing with the grief, and it starts to turn to paranoia and horror, and there's a cast of suspicious characters in this house.
0: Like Getting Go, Lyle also did not have a theatrical release, but after a short award-winning run at major U.S. film festivals, Stewart released it free online for much of the year. Seven Stranger by the Lake since it's our second film in French and there's more sex and dialogue, we'll forego a clip for this one as well. And the plot of this complex and graphic psychological film is simple, at least according to writer-director Alain Giordi.
3: There's a man who sees another man drown another man, so, and he falls in love with him, and at the end, we wonder if the other man will kill
0: him. Six. The dog
3: All in all, August 22nd, 1972 was a summer day just like any other summer day. hot, humid, close, with everyone trying to get a bit of relief from the oppressive heat and humidity. And then it happened at 2:58 p.m. that afternoon, two men entered a bank in Brooklyn and began what turned out to be the most sensational, most bizarre, most unbelievable
4: bank robbery in the history of crime. I'm Frank Karadran, one of the two directors of the documentary The Dog. The Dog is about a man called John Wadowitz, who uh, attempted to rob a bank in Brooklyn in 1972 to pay for his lover's sex change operation. And that story, if it sounds familiar, it's because it became Sidney Lumet's Dog Day Afternoon without Pacino. You know something, people? You're going to be remembered the rest of your lives for the day you got held up and kidnapped. We made history here. Al Pacino, Dog Day Afternoon, a true story. And our film, The Dog, is the story of the real-life bank robber. I
2: right, foolish. you got to move back.
3: The more visible bank robber is 27-year-old John Wojtowicz, an out-of-work New York City resident and an admitted homosexual who left his wife and two children three years ago.
0: We're almost halfway there, so don't go away. There's a lot more after this important message.
1: Hi, this is Tom Fitzgerald, writer-director of The Hanging Garden, Beefcake, The Event, and Three Needles. You're listening to a special Pride on Screen on This Way Out, the international radio magazine for all of our sexually diverse communities.
0: Welcome back. I'm Steve Pride, and we're talking about the best LGBT films of 2014. Next up Five. The Imitation Game.
2: What's the matter? What if I don't fancy being with Joan in in that way? Because you're a homosexual. I suspect it. Should, Should I tell her? You know, in my admittedly limited experience, women tend to be a bit touchy about accidentally marrying homosexuals. Perhaps not spreading this information about might be in your best interest care for her i truly do i just don't know if i can uh, pretend you can't tell anyone it's illegal
0: a film about alan turing the codebreaker who helped the allies win world war ii is long overdue and this one is very well done so in case you're wondering what keeps it from appearing higher on my list is not how little attention is given to his homosexuality, but the film's fabrication of a blackmail scenario in which Turing technically commits treason by protecting a spy.
2: The Soviets and us were on the same side. What I'm doing will help Britain. I have to tell Denniston. No, you don't. Because if you tell him my secret, I'll tell him yours. Do you know what they do to homosexuals? You'll never be able to work again, never be able to teach. Your precious machine. I doubt you'll ever see him again.
0: A slanderous fiction that harkens back to 1962's ill-advised, advised and consent. Four. Pride. The true story of UK gay activists working to help coal miners during the lengthy strike of the National Union of Mine Workers in the summer of 1984.
2: Some of you know me. My name is Mark Ashton. I'm I'm going to invite somebody onto the stage now who wants to talk to you. And I want you to listen to him. He comes from the Delice Valley in South Wales. And he, um, well, he's a striking miner. And he has something he wants to say to you.
3: I've had, a, I've had a lot of new experiences during the strike. Um, Speed in public, standing on a picket line, and now I'm in a, a gay bar. Well, if you don't like it, you can go home. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I do like it. Beer's a bit expensive, mine. <laughs> but really, There's only one difference between this and a bar in South Wales. The women. There are a lot more feminine in you.
0: (laughs) And director Matthew Warchus thinks the best thing about his film is.
2: It's so honest, it's not overly romantic. It kind of behoves us all to think big and to dare to do something on any level, anything that we care about uh, even if the reality is defeat or inconclusive uh, or progress seems limited, uh, it's these small steps, it's a very human story it's, re- it's really a small story, it's about small things making a difference and it's not about grandeur or glamour or heroism and I think that's an important message. Three.
0: The Circle. Or
2: de Kreis.
0: The Circle, or de Kreis, was the only gay organization in Europe to survive the Nazi period, and it became a model for similar organizations in other countries, even the U.S both as an organization and a magazine. It predated anything happening here.
2: My name is Stefan Haupt. I'm the director of this film, The Circle. Our film tells the story of The Circle, which was a clandestine organization of gay men in Zurich that had a magazine and that uh, started the magazine in 1942 and it ended in 1967. And then it's also the love story of two men from Zurich, Rabbi Rapp and Ernst Ostertag. And it's the story how they met in the circle and how they fell in love and had a a life together now. And they were the first couple to get married in Switzerland in 2003.
0: What do you hope the
2: audience takes away from this film? Es geht um Liebe, which means it's all about love. The main subject that we share is love and our desire to love, our desire to be loved. And this is what unites us. So my big aim was that this film is working towards uniting all people, all of us that are of the same flesh, you could say, and get rid of this thing of uh, divide the people into this minority and this minority and the other majority. And whether it be sexual orientation or color of your skin or whatsoever or belief whatsoever to work toward accepting us in different ways but I hope the film opens up the eyes for this when you watch it.
4: Love is Strange. My name is Iris Axe and I'm the co-writer and director of Love is Strange. Love is Strange is a film about two men played by John Lithgow and Alfred Molina, who are in a relationship for 38 years. They get married at the beginning of the film, and as a result, one of them loses their job, they both lose their apartment, and they have to temporarily separate, moving into separate homes.
2: Now, we invited you all here today, because, well, you're family.
0: Are you telling us you're getting divorced already?
2: That's what I thought too. No, we, uh, we have to sell the apartment, and we found a buyer already. So pretty soon, we're going to have to move out. Now, it, it won't be long before I get another job, and uh shouldn't be long before we find another apartment, but in the meantime... It's just a
3: transition phase, probably just a week or two. We need a place to
4: stay. One moves in with the two gay cops who live downstairs, and the other with his nephew and wife in Brooklyn. And the film is really about this relationship between... Lithgow and Melina, and these two men have been together for so long and how they counter this obstacle, but it's also about love and the multi-generations and how we look at love from different points in our life. What inspired this movie? I, in my 40s, fell ready for love, and I think for many different reasons. All my recent films, all my life, really, previously, love, to me, had been a steady road downward. (laughs) As a gay person, I think I'm not unique and I I think we're not unique in that it took me a long time to like myself. I came out of the closet when I was 16, but I just started creating a lot of other secrets. And secrecy was a real part of how I lived my intimate life. At 40, everything changed and I really became, for the first time, an honest person trying to reveal as much of myself, not as little. And I think in a way I became ready to love in a different kind of way than I had before.
1: Test. I'm Chris Mason-Johnson. I'm the writer-director of Test. It takes place in San Francisco in 1985. A modern dance company is the setting. And the protagonist, Frankie, is a young dancer in a dance company. It's really contemporary ballet. And it's the early years of the AIDS epidemic before, I think it was even perceived as an epidemic, before there was a test. So, The film focuses on these very, very young men who are afraid. So that's one of the plot lines, just dealing with this sort of ominous background noise of this thing that's looming. And the other is the dance story, which is a young male dancer's story, trying to make it, trying to fit in.
3: Is it really confidential? We've put a system into place where we keep two separate files. One file is going to have all your medical information and history, and the other file is just going to be the test and a series of numbers that's completely anonymous. If any situation were to ever arise, government agency, employer, insurance company ever wanted to pull that information has no attachment to you or your history. There's been a lot of misinformation. I want you to know that no matter what, I am never going to let that information be released, no matter what.
4: And how long for the results? Two weeks. I want to do it. Okay.
0: What do you hope audiences take away from the film? I
1: was really worried at a sort of vulnerable level about this because a lot of this is autobiographical, and I was really afraid people wouldn't take this story seriously. I wasn't a hero. I wasn't a martyr. You know, I didn't spend long hours at hospice helping people. I didn't die. And there's a lot of survivor's guilt. So I was just one of the people who turned out okay. And I thought people might turn on that story, might be angry. So it was very deeply personally rewarding to see this film received And Frankie, the character taken seriously, like, this guy's experience matters. Because honestly, I didn't think my experience mattered. That's me. For young people, the response I've gotten, people 20-somethings and students I teach at Amherst College, where I'm a visiting lecturer in film, they are just like, thank you. I didn't know anything about that era. I had no idea. You know, for them, condoms have always been around for, for gays, you know. And older people who lived through it, obviously a strong identification and validation of that.
0: As always, this was a highly personal selection. These are the movies that touched, excited, challenged, and haunted me the most in 2014. Ten. Tom at the Farm. Nine. Getting Go. Eight. Lyle Seven Stranger by the Lake Six The Dog Five The Imitation Game Four Pride Three The Circle Two Love is Strange One Test Overall, 2014 was a great year for seeing ourselves and our stories on screen. For This Way Out, I'm Steve Pride. Thanks for listening.